Rico Navarro weaving his way through, and it's in! Scintillating football by the Chicago Fire! Fire, fire, fire! A man on fire! All right, folks, welcome into episode number 80 of the Intercontinental Football Show, brought to you by the largest independent brewery in the state of Illinois, Revolution Brewing. Tyler Terrence, Arlo White, and Emma McConnell with you to discuss all things international break, including England's thrilling draw with Germany, (laughs) and a bonkers second half, the United States with two more than uninspiring performances against Japan and Saudi Arabia. We had a couple of Chicago Fire players representing their countries and then some both at the senior and youth level. And of course, we were going to talk about briefly the Club Leon friendly that the Chicago Fire engaged with over the weekend. Mr. Arlo White, let's start with some of our boys playing uh, for their country. And we'll also cover the Federico Navarro contract extension that is going to run until 2027. Uh, I yeah. Will- I will still be a young lad at that point. I'll only be about 27 uh, when that rolls yes. around. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm surprised you're going to be that old, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, congratulations to Federico Navarro. He has certainly proven um, that he is more than worthy to be at this club for an extended period of time, um, as he has made an impact since he's arrived um, towards the tail end of 2021. But very excited for Fede, for his family, um, as he has seamlessly fit in with this group and he will be a fire player for years to come or potentially if the fire decide to sell him. But what I want to talk about, uh, Arlo, first off the bat, I mean, you, we were talking about this before we even came on and started recording, but John Durant gets his call into the wow. Columbia national team. And mm. When a guy like that sometimes get a call, and I remember, I remember when Gaga got his call into the senior national team for the World Cup qualifiers. You know, he was in camp for that um, Frozen Tundra game in Minnesota at Allianz, but didn't end up getting on the field. John Duran gets on the field not once but twice in their friendlies against Guatemala and Mexico. Um, comes on for 45 minutes for Radamel Falcao in that 4-1 win against Guatemala, and then comes on late to help seal a 3-2 come from behind victory against Mexico, and comes on for Liverpool's Luis Diaz. I mean, this is this is the fire zone, John Duran, getting into these massive games um, for a fantastic South American country that has such a rich history. And and this guy, uh, you know, just continues to impress. And not only is it great for Duran, but it's great for the club that that Colombia rate Major League Soccer enough to the point where they're seeing what Duran's doing and they're able to sort of say, OK, he's performing at a really high level in MLS. We can bring him in and we're confident that he can play with this group and play significant minutes. Well, it's just brilliant news, isn't it, for John Duran, who I think has earned his call-up. Um, he's an exciting prospect. Uh, we would like to have seen more of him on the field, I think, Duran, throughout the season. But he, he's shown what he can do. And, and what has impressed us, and I think you, I, and uh, myself and Tony have talked about this quite a lot um, after games in over dinner um, in Tony's favourite uh, Mexican restaurant in downtown Chicago, the name of which escapes me. Tyler, could you remind me? Zuko, Zuko. Zuko, yeah, we had a really nice meal there after one of the games, didn't we? Um, That he has more strings to his bow than we suspected when he first arrived on the scene. Young guy, very raw. It was clear that he had pace. Um, It's clear that increasingly he's got power. But he can also use that with his back to goal. And that is a commodity that, that the fire and, and you know, any any team loves in a in a striker because you can lay it off and sprint in behind. You can you can sprint in behind uh, on on you know balls over the top. And and he can play with his feet as well. And some of his finishing this season, particularly against Charlotte, I remember was was very, very good. So and also if you're 
If you're a young Colombian player, Tyler, can you imagine coming on for Radamel Falcao and then for Luis Diaz? That is, that's incredible. That, that's got to be a career high right there, you know, to get your captain to replace legends of the national team and not an inconsiderable national team either, the Colombia yeah. national team. So great news for him, uh, you know, only the start of, 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 of a lot more to come from him. And I think both he and Carlos Terran, along with the likes of Fede Navarro are the two, perhaps three players that I think over the second half of the season improved their value, but mm. both to the fire and on the market the most of, of any other player. If we say that Chris Mueller, you know, he came in halfway through the season and is clearly a terrific player. I'm talking about the players that started the season. I don't think any increased their stature, their status and their value more than John Duran and uh, Carlos Turan. So congratulations to John. Yeah, and, and I think if you think back to the opening game against Inner Miami on February 27th, and you take a look at what John Duran was doing when he came onto the field for the final, I think it was 15, 20 minutes. He was reckless. He was lost. He was letting shots go from 45 yards out. Um, but I think like Gaga Slonina, only in this way, he's an incredibly quick learner. When he makes mistakes and when he does things that the coaching staff or, you know, really anybody who's watching the game sort of say, that looks out of place. You know, that's not what we're trying to do here. He immediately fixes it. Um, and, and for an 18-year-old, what more could you ask for than somebody who's going to make mistakes, learn from them quickly, and move on? So congratulations to uh, John Duran. Massive, massive. And just one more thing on yeah, sorry, Tyler, just one more thing on that as well. Hopefully, you know, he can, because when you start to to mix with the, the players that we've mentioned, like Falcao, like uh, um, like Luis Diaz and the rest of the Colombian team, you know, you can get ideas that, that, you know, you've made it and that's the end of your journey. And now you're a big timer. Now you're an international. And and the key for his, his future is to put the yards in. Every training session, every football match that he plays for the Chicago Fire is an opportunity. If he wants to succeed in Chicago, if he wants a bigger move eventually, maybe to a European club. It doesn't just happen after a handful of appearances, less than 10 goals, you know, in Major League Soccer and a couple of substitute appearances for the national team. He has to put his head down. This is not the end of the journey. In some ways, it's the start of it. So hopefully after a, after a good, hard preseason, he will come out firing in the 2023 season for the fire. And, and that way he can play himself into options and control his future. If he kind of sits back and goes, I've made it, I've got a cigar on, then that might might be an issue for him yeah no and 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 knowing John Duran and how ambitious he is I don't think that it's going to be that way and I think one of the bigger things for him not only just you know getting these minutes but even just being in camp and being around a professional's professional like Radamel Falcao like Luis Diaz seeing the work rate and what it takes from a defensive standpoint from Diaz alone and I know I'm going to bang on this drum as a Liverpool fan but when you look mm. at the way that Luis Diaz works off of the ball from a defensive standpoint and I think for for Duran Next year, whether whether, you know, Casper Shabilko stays or goes or whatever it might be, or if, you know, Ezra decides to change things up from a philosophical standpoint and change formations and maybe play with two strikers, having a an, a, an experienced veteran striker come into the fire and potentially play with Duran or play behind him, or maybe he's, it's somebody who's going to usurp Duran's starting position. I think that that would do a world of good for him to continue to learn from somebody who's been around the block, been there, done that, um, and just can sort of continue to teach him because as, as you know, it's it going to be easy to say, okay, Duran's going to slide in as our number one striker next year. But um, I, I do think that that sort of situation would really help him um, down the line. Mm -hmm. But 
for Duran, really good experience. Um, meanwhile, a couple of guys uh, for the fire making their appearances for the youth national team of the United States variety. Brian Gutierrez scoring a goal with the U-20s and then Sergio Orahel scoring with the U-19s. Um, and the U-19s took the Slovenia Cup. I believe that, that that was the tournament that they were participating in. Great uh, elevated header, header from Sergio Orahel, who continues to be one of the more uh, promising and highly touted members of the Chicago Fire um, not only the first team, but MLS Next Pro and sort of one of the, you know, a lot of people say that Sergio Orahel has the highest ceiling of anybody who's been signed to a homegrown contract in recent memory, basically since Guti. Um, so, you know, big time for Sergio Orahel to continue to you know, play at a high level. And these guys continue to represent the youth national team level. But, you know, this has been happening a lot with the likes of Javi Casas, Alex Monis, Guti, um, Orahel. A lot. They, they play constantly with the youth national team. And those are just really good experiences to, to be around guys from the Philadelphia Union Academy, like pa Paxton Aronson and Quinn Sullivan um, mm. and, and those types of guys. And so, you know, continues to be great experience for them. Um, I want to stay on the topic of Mexico, Arlo, because the Fire did play a game over the weekend and it was against Liga MX's um, Club León. León asked for the friendly. Uh, they, they wanted to get a game in. And so the Fire, for the most part, played, um, you know, some some most of their second team guys. Spencer Ritchie gets the starting goal. Um, Javi Casas scores the lone goal for the fire. Um, I don't know if you heard about the goal, Arlo. The game was not broadcast. And Javi Casas, I think, was just chasing down the ball while Leon yeah. was playing out of the back. And it was one of those ones where Leon tries to clear it and it like comes off the backside of Javi Casas and it flies into the back of the net. So not exactly a, a you know aesthetically pleasing wonder goal from the fire with the, with a terrific buildup, but a goal. The kind of goal you need when you haven't scored in 10 games if you're a striker, right? You just exactly, need to exactly. go in off his backside, and that is a case yeah. in point. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, from all accounts, the Fire, uh, I, I did not attend the game. The Fire, you know, played well. They battled against a, a good Club Leon team who also rotated some guys, got some guys some minutes. Um, and then it went to a penalty shootout, and and the Fire came away victorious. A couple of big saves from, from Spencer Ritchie. And um, it's got to feel good to to win a game in, in that sort of fashion. And even though those games don't count, there's something to be said for the camaraderie aspect of it. The guys on the second team getting minutes and then, of course, coming away with a victory, even if the game uh, doesn't exactly count for anything. But but a good experience, nonetheless, for a lot of those guys. Yeah. Um, and just going back to international football, just for a, um, a few moments, you know, all eyes are pointing to um, the World Cup and this odd situation that we have with this Winter World Cup. And I still can't quite get my head around that the, the nights are drawing in here as they will be in Chicago. It's getting cooler. The rain has started. We had hailstones yesterday. It's getting grim. Winter is coming, yet we are only weeks away from a FIFA World Cup. It's bonkers. I just can't, because I've been on this planet for 49 years. I, my first World Cup that I can remember that I really truly engaged with was uh, Spain 1982. So I'm just used to coming home from school coming home from work or whatever it might be watching games bright sunshine you know and and it being a summer affair um so it's it what adds to the oddness of it is that these two friendlies uh, or nations league games in england's case that that have that have taken place over the last uh, week or so are the final prep games for these teams heading into a tournament that starts in what eight weeks time or so and, you know, we talked about it last week that they might be behind closed doors or a behind closed doors friendly in the week leading up. But it's going to be tough for the USA and tough for England to do that, starting their campaign so early um, in the World Cup finals, having finished particularly the Premier League just a week before. So you mentioned at the top of the show a 3-3 draw for England, which at least they scored a goal 
from open play because they haven't done that for about seven years or something. Great and goal. they what a, what a yeah. from Mason Mount. Oh my god. It was fabulous. Yeah, it was really really, really good. And Harry Kane dispatching his penalty superbly well. And I don't know what it is about Luke Shaw, because he barely ever scores and he's scored twice at Wembley what a, what a, what to the clean, Euros final. What what a clean hit for that goal. Beautiful too. hit. Beautiful hit that it. went a yard over the line. Um, but we'll take it. Um, and, you know, it was a great game. And then Nick Pope. Uh, you know what people say is, it should should it be Pickford? Should it be Pope? Well, I think the answer is Ramsdale <laughs> after all of this, because he has the, the best of both worlds, i.e. playing with the ball at his feet and his goalkeeping capabilities in terms of keeping the ball out the back of the net. I would be going with Aaron Ramsdale. But anyway, that's a, that's an argument for another time. Meanwhile, and we talked a little bit about it last week, you know, the USA played to an uninspiring uh, defeat against Japan. Was that in, that wasn't Dortmund. Where was that being played? last? Dusseldorf, wasn't it, last week? Yeah. And so they, then they go to Murcia in Spain. And look, I guess with the amount of players that have to come from the amount of places for the United States, this was the, the, the this was the, the schedule and the, the geography and the, and the venues that made sense for them. But Saudi Arabia are the opponents. And obviously it's not broadcast in the UK that I could find. So it was a nil, nil draw. Did I see that the, the, the U S men's national team have had two shots on goal in these two games? So, so I, I don't know whether they both came against uh, Saudi Arabia or not. I don't know. How concerned are you mm. by this run of form under Greg Berhalter? Bear in mind there are no other games before the World Cup finals. Or do you share Emmett McConnell's uh, notion that there's nothing to worry about? These are friendlies and it's kind of a smokescreen and they're going to come out firing in Qatar. Tyler Terrence. I mean, I would love to share that same sort of like unbridled and unwavering positivity. Um, I don't, I don't put as much stock into these friendlies as a lot of people are, particularly on social media, which isn't a real place. Um, <laughs> but I will. There's there's a couple of things to this. The first one being that. Yeah, it's a little disturbing considering this is the last time we're going to see the our, the team play up until the opening game against Wales. Like like you said, the the how strange this all is from a calendar standpoint, and like the fact that these guys are going to roll into camp, um, coming off their club games and have eight days to put together, um, into Wales is just mind boggling. But the, I think that that's the reason why it's the most concerning. The one of the reasons why I'm not as concerned is because I think that a lot of teams have showed that they're very brittle and like, you know, there haven't been a lot of games recently. Nobody's going to have the appropriate amount of time to be able to put things yeah. together. I mean, when I looked at the pace and the quality of the England Germany game in comparison to the U S and, and Saudi Arabia, what was essentially a COVID game played behind closed doors. I mean, there was like 200 people there in Murcia. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I'm just like, Holy shit. We're going to get absolutely. <laughs> um, and I can put Emma to work with the bleep there, but the reason why I'm why I'm okay with it is because there were a number of starters missing. Tim or Tim Way is probably going to start at some point, not maybe an out and out starter. You know, three or four or five games, whatever it might be for the U.S. Um, Anthony Robinson also not there. Eunice Musa, Eunice Musa was probably the most important person who was missing from this U.S. group because his ability to um, be press resistant, particularly against the likes of Japan and Saudi Arabia. Um, who would come after the U.S. a couple of different times and Japan really for the entire game. 
his ability to do that and to receive the ball, to go at defenders and not be afraid to take guys on in his own defensive third and to split defenders and break lines on his own or with a pass, we, the, the U.S. were just missing that. That's not Weston McKinney's bag. That's not Tyler Adams's bag. Mm. Um, and Kellen Acosta, certainly not in, in, his, in his repertoire. So, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, everybody wants to talk about how the U.S. have a lot of different options, but I still think that there are a few different guys that they can't do without. Gio Reyna is one of them. Eunice Moose is one of them. And Gio Reyna came out again with mus- muscle yeah. tightness as a precaution. Yeah. So a roundabout answer to your question, Arlo, is like, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I'm not like here to say what, what Emmett is, is flippantly saying, which is we're going to be fine and we're going to come out, you know, blazing and we're going to be totally okay. And this, you know, we're going to all hold each other's hands and we're going to bash England and, and Iran and Wales. But it's also not doom and gloom, and I'm not, like, concerned that we're not going to get a single point in this World Cup. Like, that's not going to be the case either. Pound for pound, with the exception of Gareth Bale, we're better at every single position um, against Iran and Saudi Arabia. There's no reason why we shouldn't be getting um, at least four points from those games, if not six. So, I don't know. I'm trying to remain optimistic, but, like, watching those games, I'm just, like, falling asleep and, you know, uninspired. A couple of different opportunities against Saudi Arabia, but that really didn't end in much. It was tough to watch. If, if, if not for anything, for the simple fact that that's the last time that we're going to see them until Wales, which is just scary. It really is. So admittedly, Tyler, it was somewhat tongue-in-cheek from Emmett. I think he's just trying to shelter himself from the hurt of the next two months. Emmett, am I right? The, the, you know, the, the, just feeling good and burying your head in the sand is just going to take your mind off the fact that you're actually terrified. Yeah, I don't want to think too hard about this. We're, we'll be okay if I just think about nothing else. If I say, yeah, this is yeah. all what we meant to do, then... Unicorns, yeah, yeah, lovely rainbow. Is the exact way to think about it. Yeah, okay. Tyler, Emmett, you're both screwed, and here's why. And England could be screwed as well. Martin Sheen, who famously played Brian Clough um, in in the movie The Damned United, and mm. that's one of his roles. He's just a magnificent actor. He, he did uh, something on a, on a UK... Uh, panel show a few weeks ago, which just went viral, and it was absolutely incredible. I'm not a Welshman; I'm a quarter Welsh. If I could, if I could eliminate uh, part of my body to get rid of that, I would do, but I can't. I'm stuck with it forever. <laughs> um, and but even I admired it. And and we've got to play Wales as well, who are going to get so up for the game. It's unbelievable because they hate us with a passion, even more than the US do in in footballing terms. So obviously, the Welsh FA got hold of this. Loved it. I would have saved it until closer to the tournament because I think yeah, I think it's brilliant. It might have worn off, but you might be screwed because you're the first team that they're going to play after Martin Sheen visited the squad this week. Emmett, let's have a clip. I hear the voices singing. Speed your journey, boys, boys, Bach. One nation singing with one voice. A song of hope, a song of courage, a victory song that floats through the valleys like a red mist, rolls over the mountaintops like crimson thunder. A red storm is coming to the gates of Qatar. It crackles with the spirit of 58 and Jimmy Murphy's boys. It turns the pages of the history books and finds Rob's page waiting still to be written. <laughs> oh my god i even get goosebumps on my forearms and i'm english i'm as english as they come i'm kind of jealous i'm trying to think of who could do the, a similar sort of thing 
for the England team, let alone the USA, maybe Kevin Costner, someone like that. I don't know. Could mm. go in there and, and G up the G up the US team. But I want Matthew, I want boys, Matthew McConaughey. I want Matthew yes. McConaughey. Yes. Yes. That's, that's who I want. Not for yeah. not for nothing. I had no idea Martin Sheen uh, dated or maybe was married to Kate Beckinsale. I mean, he should yes. he should have just brought her. And I mean, she's one of my favorites. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough look. I'm with you though. You and Why Pete Davidson, you... by the way. You and Pete Davidson. Uh, yeah, right. Yes, <laughs> 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 uh, well, <laughs> yeah, Pete Davidson and I have a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So why, <laughs> why why are they doing that for before a friendly game though? I'm with you. I think that's I don't know. maybe it's because yeah. he probably wasn't going to go to Qatar, but like, and you didn't want to bring him on Zoom. You wanted him to like be in person and get that yeah. and get that uh, get that aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we're just uh, I'm I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Uh, I'm trying not to be. I, I and I'm I'm trying to remain positive, but they're making it more and more difficult on me and things like that um just just kill me and 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 i want to go back to like how weird this is going to be like i'm booking my flights now for thanksgiving heading out to santa fe to my sisters and i'm like scheduling my flights and my travel around when the games are going to be on in november like i that just does like i want to go back to you know 2018 or maybe 2014 when the u.s were playing um, and just be able to like wake up at you know 7 a.m. and just watch games until three and then go call two games later that night. Like that was my routine during the summer, and it's it's the greatest month ever. Um, but this just feels this just feels gross and you know, it doesn't feel right. Hopefully it'll be, yeah. you know, it'll we'll start to get into it. But I'm with you. This this whole thing, like it it just throws your whole body for a loop. Um, and and I'm yeah. and I don't, don't like do it. what I did. I booked a flight not looking at the schedule for 2018. And um, I was in the air flying to America with with the family uh, during England, Sweden in the quarterfinals. So I missed England playing and winning uh, a World Cup quarterfinal. And it was tough. And I didn't find out the score until I landed. It was really, really difficult. Um, And I thought the captain, because I think it was British Airways, and I thought the captain would have kept us, you know, up to date with what was going on. Nothing. Not a thing. So you have to wait until you get your 4G on the tarmac, which is is interminable. And then you've got to scroll through and see what happened. And, And it's not something I recommend, particularly for a game of that magnitude. I want to put this question out there to the to the good good fans of the Intercontinental Football Show. So obviously the U.S. have a bit of a center back problem right now. Number one, incredibly thin. Number two, Aaron Long isn't really doing it for me right now. Who knows? Maybe he turns the corner and you know he's going to put together a really nice performance in the World Cup. But right now, like Harry Maguire, on the other hand, is <laughs> a disaster. So I'm curious: Would U.S. Men's National Team fans take Harry Maguire and have him start next to have him start next to Walker Zimmerman in the opening game against Wales? Yeah. Email us IFS at chicagofirefc.com or hit us up on Twitter. I want to hear your thoughts because I think he's like one of those guys now that like needs, he needs his one-time switch. He needs to change the scenery. Like he just has to get out of England altogether, get away from United, get away from England because nothing that he's doing right now seems to be working. And listen, I'm not here to say that like, He's, you know, he was Virgil van Dyke and now all of a sudden he's Phil Jones. Like he was in the middle and now he's just really bad. But this is like shocking to see 
how clumsy and how awful he has been. Um, but I'm just curious if U.S. men's national team fans would be comfortable with him as a center back right now, because yeah, whilst whilst they're emailing, emailing, who would you like to see give the give the Churchillian speech to the U.S. men's national team before Qatar, in the style of Martin mm. Sheen, perhaps? And Tyler says Matthew McConaughey. Maybe maybe you got other ideas, so let us know. But yeah, Harry Maguire. Look, I've never seen a player in my entire life almost bullied and 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 just disregarded and disrespected as much as Harry Maguire is at the moment. And I think I see a player who cost 80 million. Lots of Leicester fans were like, sad to see him go, but hey, 80 million. Yep, we'll take that. Thank you very much indeed. Yes, please. <laughs> Got England to a, well, well, helped get England to a World Cup semi-final, to a European final. Remember, he smashed his penalty in the shootout into the top corner. England had a great defensive record in that, in the European Championships. In the first season at United, they get to the Europa League final, should have won that and didn't um and the wheels have come off spectacularly ever since and and yes is he to blame well of course partly didn't do himself any favors when he was arrested on holiday in Greece um that seemed to turn a few people against him slightly because he gave it the kind of do you know who I am to the to the to the who, to the who hasn't been arrested on holiday in Greece I'm sure yeah. you've been arrested on holiday in Greece before I mean, I've spent half of my life in a Greek jail <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with it um <laughs> Foods, the food's terrible, um, <laughs> but I, he's not as bad as as people are saying he is. Albeit, he's in a situation now where he's trying to play his way out of a nightmare scenario and and kind of trying too hard. And he was at fault for for the for the for the opening two Germany goals. And Gareth Southgate, who himself is under fire, has a big decision to make here because people are kind of clamouring for Timori to come in. But Stones, Walker, Maguire—they've been the back three for a long time now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I mean, if it's a back four, then I don't think you can start Maguire. If it's a back three, maybe you've got more more cover there for him. But I do feel for him. He's a good guy. I, I, I presented him with his Leicester City Player of the Year trophy a few years ago, and he was really good, down to earth fella. You know, not not the not the life and soul of the party by any stretch of the imagination. Quite serious. Um, but but a decent human being. And I think what's happening to him is a bit out of order. Having said that, this is a World Cup. It's football at the highest level. Can England afford to start him, um, you know, against Iran and in that group stage? I, I don't know. Again, like the USA, it's what the alternatives are. But I'd be interested to hear if US fans would take him to start right now, because, look, he is a Man United player who has played at the highest level for England as well. So it's an interesting question you pose. Hmm. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm out here to do. Big time journalist. Uh, I pose the hard hitting questions and the hypotheticals that nobody cares about. Uh, but, at the, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I am interested to hear your guys' opinions. So hit us up on Twitter. You know where to find us or uh, at IFS at ChicagoFireFC.com. Do they know uh, where to find us on Twitter? I don't know. TN Terrence at Arlo White. I mean, if, yes. if, I feel do like... Yeah, yeah, do it on that. Yes, do it on the tweeter. Do it on the tweeter. On the, on the um, all right, so we're, we're going to wrap this up. You know, the Fire have a game against FC Cincinnati for the Fire. Obviously, uh, inconsequential as far as the table is concerned. But once you get past this point in the season, it becomes less about the the collective and the group. And yes, you still want to get as many wins as possible and and put some momentum heading into 2023. But it becomes now about the individual guys who might be out of contract next year, guys who are fighting for the trust of Ezra Hendrickson moving into next year. So good opportunity for some of the younger guys, guys who haven't gotten minutes or even the guys who are still a part of the team to make a case for next year contracts, the whole thing. So there's still very much is a lot to play for on top of that. 
it's going to be a sold-out TQL stadium as FC Cincinnati are potentially going to be able to clinch a postseason spot. If they win and Columbus drop any sort of points or if they lose, mm-hmm. then um, FC Cincinnati can clinch their postseason spot. They had a midweek game against Seattle. They draw 1-1, really, really good game at Lumen. Um, more or less knocks Seattle out of the playoff picture from a theoretical wow, yeah. standpoint. So they will miss the postseason for the first time in their MLS tenure, which is just shocking, but this is coming off the back of winning CONCACAF Champions League. So this is going to be a, uh, an outstanding environment and a great test for a lot of guys on the Chicago team because this is probably going to be the most hostile and sort of energy-filled and, and most mm-hmm. consequential environment that they're going to have played in yet uh, for a lot of the guys. I'm not talking about Jared and Shaqiri. I'm not talking about Rafa Shihos. talking about maybe the likes of John Duran and, and those types of players. So great opportunity. Uh, we'll be there on the call uh, in Cincinnati on, on WGN and CF97 Live. Um, Tony and I will have the call and be there. So super excited for the weekend should be a great game and um, hope everybody can tune in. This is the second to last broadcast. Well, I was just about to say that because it's the pen, yeah, the penultimate home broadcast, I guess on WGN for you, for yourself and Tony, I've, I've been a, a part of it the last couple of seasons in a, in a small way. And uh, maybe we, maybe we focus on this a little bit more. Um, it'll give you a chance to get a hanky for the tears uh, for ne- next week in next week's pop, because it is significant. And there are, there are a lot of very talented, very hardworking uh, people um, who have been associated with with their clubs in the broadcast sense for a long time and done some great work for 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 the sport, for the league, for their teams and their communities. And it all comes to an end because the Apple deal takes over next year. Um, I happen to think, and look, I might be biased, but I think I've seen enough soccer to know that uh, the WGN Chicago Fire broadcast is as close as you're going to get, if not as good as as a national broadcast cast so you know hat tip to 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 tim um and and the guys and and yourself and tony and and phil mollica of course who keeps us smiling um all the time whenever we're we're on site yeah (laughs) and and you know it's something that perhaps we'll uh, we'll delve into a little bit ahead of the uh the new england revolution game next week because it is significant and it is emotional uh, and in many ways it's sad it might be a you know it's good for the league i guess but it's also quite sad that 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 the time on wgn um is drawing to a close so enjoy your uh your final road game um beautiful beautiful uh, stadium tql to do it i haven't been but uh, i've seen it on tv looks fantastic and uh and we'll do it again next week sounds good emmett do you have any uh parting words for these fans who um i think need need some need some positivity they need a reason to believe in this u.s group and you know you are my producing version of matthew mcconaughey speak speak to me speak to the people uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. There you go. Listen, World Cup hasn't started yet. These games don't matter. This is it's a conspiracy theory. I'm all it's about as wacko as it gets. It's more wacko than you, any UFO stuff out there. But Burr Halter's holding his cards close to his chest. We're going to come out with a completely new system. <laughs> they only play this style because they want to know how to play. If a team's sitting down, if they're down a goal and need a goal, we're going to see something completely different. And if we don't, well, We'll see. <laughs> that is that, that is analysis of analysis of the highest order. That is why you get paid the mediocre bucks, Emma McConnell. That's exactly why. Good for <laughs> That's you. That's why I get about five seconds of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed episode number 80. Have a great rest of your week. Um, should have a nice traveling supporter section at TQL nice. as well. Um, as we're getting some fire fans over to Cincinnati. 
Enjoy the game this weekend. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And we will talk to you next week ahead of the final game of 2022 and the final broadcast of the WGN and regional television era. I'm starting to tear up just thinking about it. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, all.